She was this gun-toting, whiskey-drinking broad. The super epic fucking broad. She was a pioneer in the industry. She's also so famous and so controversial. So controversial. So she's kind of a big fucking deal. Her story is so incredible. She belongs on this podcast because she's a broad you should know. Hello and welcome to Broads You Should Know, the podcast about amazing and noteworthy women from history. I'm your host, Sarah Gorski, and I am here today with the long-missed Chloe Skye. Oh my gosh, hello! Chloe's here for the next couple of weeks, and I'm so happy she's here because I have missed her so much. I hope I hope you all missed me, you know? <laughs> I think they do, though. We can't hear any feedback, obviously, in our podcast. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> And I have a really awesome broad to kick it off with you. Oh, I can't um, wait. <laughs> have you ever heard of Mary Beatrice Davidson Kenner? No. Well, she has the most U.S. patents of any African-American woman. Oh. We are, we're already pretty heavily into Black History Month. I thought she would be a great addition to our Black History broads. So I'm bringing her in today. And I'm super excited to share her story. I love it. So I will jump right in. Mary was born on May 17th, 1912 in Monroe, North Carolina. Her father was inventor Sidney Nathaniel Davidson, and her mother apparently is unknown to public records. So either okay. wasn't a part of her life or just wasn't written down. It was 1912. Right. Um, and she did have one sibling, her sister, Mildred Davidson Austin Smith. Mary began she is an inventor. That is kind of her, what is she is known for. And she began inventing at the age of six years old. Oh, uh... I don't remember what I did when I was six. I'm pretty sure I did nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I know I was like writing books at that age, but... You inventing... were? I was, yeah. I just didn't like the endings of some of the books I was reading, so I would write them myself and then... <laughs> Just like stick them in the back and be like, the next time you read this book, you'll read this ending instead. But that, what was she inventing? Like for stuff for the playground? Or? Well, here we go. So her first invention is this. Her mother would leave for work every morning through the door at the back of the house that squeaked a bunch. And the noise would wake her up and it annoyed her to no end. And so, quote, I said one day, mom, don't you think someone could invent a self-oiling door hinge? And then she goes to invent it herself. And she says, quote, I hurt my hands trying to make something that in my mind would be good for the door. After that, I dropped it, but never forgot it. <laughs> so this, this little girl. She's six girl, years old? She's six. Oh, my. And then she hurt herself because I'm sure she was trying to use, like, equipment that she didn't quite have the strength and dexterity for. <laughs> right. You can't even reach the hinges at that age. Yeah. <laughs> so it turns out that she had, had come from a whole family of inventors. Her, her maternal grandfather, Robert Fromeberger, invented a tricolor light signal for trains and a stretcher with wheels for ambulances. And then her dad patented a clothes presser that could fit into a suitcase in 1914. And much later, her sister ends up inventing a board game called Family Tree Edition. Huh. Uh, in 1980. So they were all just kind of like a little family of inventors. Yeah. Goes to show, um, like, if you have somebody modeling the behavior for you, you can you can pick something up pretty early. 
You just have to see it's possible. And her inventions aren't like the same thing that her dad and granddad did. They're like totally their own. Right. You know, it's it's kind of amazing. And the, the self-oiling awesome. door hinge was not her only, the only thing she did as a kid. She kind of just kept, like the hinge was the very beginning. So she started to invent a lot of little things, including uh, a convertible roof that could go over the folding rumble seat of the car and a sponge tip at the end of an umbrella that could soak up rainwater. And a portable ashtray that would attach itself to a cigarette pack. And she would draw up all the plans and diagrams and everything. And she was just like inventing like crazy. Her family moves to Washington, D.C. in 1924. There's all these stories about her and how often she would walk over to the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. And she would walk around the halls and get familiar with the building and the process of patenting. And she also would like furiously look up to see if like all of her ideas had been invented yet. <laughs> so she would like, <laughs> like, I can see this like girl just hanging out at the U.S. Patent Office. <laughs> like, it's it's like patent the biggest researcher. A little patent nerd. That's amazing. <laughs> My research didn't have like a lot of effusive details about her life, so I'm a little sparse on super details. But in 1931, Mary graduates from Dunbar High School, and she starts attending Howard University. But she has to drop out after a year and a half because it was too expensive and she couldn't afford to stay, hmm. which I know that is the case for many of folks. So she takes up multiple odd jobs. It, apparently in 1941, she becomes a federal employee. That's what other sources said, federal employee. So I'm not sure if she was like in administrative office or the post office. I have no idea. But she somehow worked for the feds. <laughs> right. And, it, and I mean, uh, it could have been the patent office. Maybe she was just like. I, don't know. I feel like it would have said that. I feel like that would have been. Yeah, I would. Yeah, probably. I feel like that would have been noted. So it probably was like some dumb office job and somewhere. But anyway. Yeah, there's plenty of government jobs out there. She worked that job for pretty much the rest of the decade, so the 1940s. And then in 1945, so halfway through that decade, she falls in love with a soldier and they get married. But it doesn't go well and they end up divorcing just about a year later. Ooh. The same year, though, she is able to start up her own flower shop and she starts working as a professional florist. As you and I both know, Chloe, when you own your own thing, that gives you more ownership over your time. And so she has more time to work on all her inventions, which she is very excited about. I'm excited for her. <laughs> and then in uh, 1951, she gets married to James Jabbo Kenner, who is a, apparently a famous heavyweight boxer at the time. She's popular. She's like, or at least connected. She's getting in with a heavyweight boxer. <laughs> Yeah, I know there weren't like a lot of details about like how they met or fell in love or what that was like, but it was like six years or so after her divorce, so it wasn't like she like it wasn't like she like jumped immediately from one to the other. <laughs> right, I was more just thinking like you know she had to dr drop out of school. But she was cute. If you look at her picture, she's cute. okay. That's helpful. That's pretty helpful. And pro I mean, also a brainiac, smart and hot. <laughs> Let's do this. And that, um, this ends up being a marriage that sticks. Uh, they end up fostering children together, like five different children is what it sounds like. And they end up adopting one of them named Woodrow. To, to this point, Mary has invented a lot of things and spent a lot of time inventing things, but has not yet patented anything. And she gets her very first official patent in 1957. Can you guess what it was? In 1957? No. <laughs> what, what was being invented in the 50s? She invents 
the sanitary belt, which is like a precursor to pads, like for your period, for your like in oh. to wearing your pants. Was it like a belt belt? Like did it go around your waist? It is hilarious looking. It's like kind of like a garter belt with these straps that like hold the napkin in place. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, look it up. And there's this hilarious, like you look at these drawings and it looks kind of crazy and really intense. (laughs) But basically it was much superior to preventing any leakage of menstrual blood, which was a huge problem at the time. So like they didn't have like adhesive maxi pads like we have today and tampons like really weren't popular. I don't even know the, I didn't look up the year when tampons were invented, but she had this moisture proof napkin pocket and it, it prevented way more leaks than cloth pads and rags, which is what most people were using at the time. This almost looks like a like a sumo wrestler uniform. It kind of does. And part of me wonders if like she got inspired by her uh, heavyweight wrestler husband's. Oh my god! I didn't outfit. even think about that. <laughs> like, hey, how come you? You know that would be, be- way better for women than it oh. is for you boxers. That's hilarious. I didn't even think about that. Gloria. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, um, so she she actually originally invented the sanitary belt in the late 1920s, which was 30 years before she got the patent, but she couldn't afford the patent. Oh, wow. Just sat on that little idea for three decades. Well, it's more complicated than that, too, because in 1957, the Son Nap Pack Company gets wind of her sanitary belt invention, and they contact her, and they're like, hey, we want to market your invention. Uh, and there's an interview with Mary in um, Laura Jeffrey's book, Amazing Inventors of the 20th Century. And she describes it thus, quote, One day I was contacted by a company that expressed an interest in marketing my idea. I was so jubilant. I saw houses, cars, and everything about to come my way. Sorry to say, when they found out I was black, their interest dropped. She had potential interest and then racism reared Mm -hmm. its familiar head and shut that down. Yeah, that sounds like America in the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, just for uh, always. Now? Well, not always. I believe it will not always be that way. No, no, no. Not always in the future, but certainly always in the past. Yes. So between the gap, she continues to kind of improve on her first version and improve and also like taking ideas and improving on the other versions that were patented before hers. And then in 57, she finally can afford to patent it herself. So she's So that company didn't, they didn't steal the idea then. Apparently not. Apparently they were like, "Okay, well, props where it's due, I guess." No, we don't give no, 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 no props to racists on this podcast. But you know, we just we cover so many white men and white people on this podcast who steal things, who steal everything, and then the the other person never gets the patent and dies destitute. There's nothing in my notes about them like stealing it and trying to do their own version of it or something like that. Which doesn't mean that they didn't do it. It you know, it just means there wasn't some sort of giant lawsuit that Mary pursued in related right. to it. Well, which she I wouldn't have had the money anyway. It, well, right. She she's running a friggin' florist shop. She's probably not making super bank. So eventually, you know, in the nineteen seventies they invent beltless pads and tampons become more popular and eventually women stop using sanitary belts. But at the time, in nineteen fifty seven, that was the bee's knees. In nineteen seventy six Her sister is diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, and Mary invents and patents a walker with an attachable tray and a pocket for carrying items. Nice. 
And then, in 1982, Mary and her sister together invent a toilet paper dispenser with paper that was always reachable. What would they have before that? I don't know. I didn't Un- find the, Unreachable toilet paper? I didn't find the specs for that one. So I'm like, not... I don't can't envision it. But it sounds like the best idea ever. It's, it does. It sounds like it was <laughs> sorely needed. Like, it, maybe it was, like, attached to the... I don't know. It was just too far away from the toilet, and you had to get up and walk over there? I don't know. So in 83, <laughs> her husband James dies, sadly. And her final patent, which was granted September 29th, 1987, was for a mounted backwasher and massager in the shower. So you would, like, put it in your shower, and you could, like, scrub your own back with it. Dang, she never stopped. She just kept going. And eventually, though, she she dies January 13th, 2006 in Washington, D.C. at the age of 93. She didn't get any awards and she's not like formally recognized for her work, but she still holds the record for the greatest number of patents awarded a black woman by the U.S. Patent Office. And her inventions were kind of paving the way for a bunch of inventions that ended up coming after that. So she remains kind of this epic inventor in the in the inventor files. And um, that is the research was kind of slim. And so that's all I got, Chloe. Hey, I mean, she sounds amazing. <laughs> and <laughs> I do I do wish I had a little more details on some of those inventions. I'm probably going to do some outside research. Um, <laughs> I'll try but... to research more. I'll try to dig even further and see if I can find the other um, pictures before I post on, on the For sure. website. I will, but I you will... guys, um, listeners, check the website. You can look at the, the diagram of... <laughs> The sanitary belt. Oh, it's worth it. <laughs> it's worth it's totally worth it. It looks like something for the army, really. It looks like yeah. you're gonna go to war. Which really that is what your period usually feels like. It's like going <laughs> to war. So maybe it's not inappropriate. <laughs> but uh that's Mary Beatrice Davidson Kenner. A broad you should know? A very worthy broad. A very worthy broad and a great addition to um our collection of absolutely amazing episodes about black women. Yeah. Cause I feel like a few of my aunts had that shower massager thing. Oh yeah. I mean that thing I've seen like a lot of different versions of that. Yeah. And so she has the patent, you know, that's why she did not to invent anything after 87. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm just going to coast from here. 20 years. Just gonna coast. I got back massager money. <laughs> I know. I would hope so. It doesn't say that she ended particularly, you know, wealthily, but right. who knows? Some people but just it also doesn't say well. she died destitute. Like if she made it to her nineties, like she wasn't she wasn't impoverished. That's true. Sometimes just not seeing that they died impoverished makes me feel like they did like they were all right. Yeah. Five US patents. Oh wait, Mary five Turner. isn't even that many. And that's the most that a black woman has in the United States? Yes. In huh. the United States, yeah. I don't have the records for other countries, but... That seems like it would be... You know, if if you are a, a black woman listening to the show, that doesn't seem like it'd be too hard to beat if you want to be a future broad. Yeah. I don't know. Like, what is the patent office like today? Is it, like, really I crowded? Know. I feel like is if you really... invent something, you know, new or novel, like, you can get a patent. So maybe everything that can possibly be patented is already patented, but I doubt that. That's not true. Any inventor will tell you that's not true. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Go get yourself six patents, listener. Well, future inventors listening to this podcast, get on it. Yeah. We could do this. Yeah. There's going to be a, a, a podcast 100 years from now that looks back and laughs at your stuff, too. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, thanks, Chloe, for being here. Yes, you're welcome. You have, as always, been a great guest. To learn more about Mary Kenner, see pictures of her and her awesome inventions, go on over to broadsyoushouldknow.com. While you're over there, you can click to the About page and read more about Chloe Skye, her bio and links to all her cool stuff and her social media. Are you following Broads You Should Know yet? We're on Facebook and Instagram at Broads You Should Know and Twitter at BYSK Podcast. To suggest a broad, fill out the form on our website or email us at broadsyoushouldknow at gmail.com. Are you a fan of this podcast? If so, then you should help spread the word. Share us with your family and friends, and better yet, leave us a review on your podcasting platform. It really helps new listeners to find us. Broads You Should Know is produced by me, Sarah Gorski, and edited by Chloe Skye, with original music by Darren Callahan. Finally, if you really enjoyed hearing about Mary Kenner, then I highly recommend you check out our other awesome Inventor Broad episodes, including Sarah Good, the first black woman to receive a U.S. patent, Hedy Lamar, who invented Wi-Fi, and Dr. Marion Croak, who invented VoIP and expanded the internet. See you next week for another Broad You Should Know. Mm-hmm.